Major Thomas Weir lived in the West Bow in Edinburgh in the 17th century. He came from a good family in Lanarkshire, where people believed his mother had taught him the art of sorcery. He was one of thousands of men sent by the Scottish Covenanters in 1641 to assist the suppression of the Irish. Before moving to the West Bow, he is said to have lived in the Cowgate, where he lived with James Mitchell, a man who attempted to assassinate Archbishop Sharp on the High Street in 1678. Mitchell was later hanged. According to a contemporary account, Weir still wore a cloak, and he never went anywhere without his staff. He was a tall man with a large nose who looked down at the ground, a grim expression on his face when walking. He feigned to be a religious man, but in fact wasn't. He later became part of a strict Presbyterian sect, and it is said that if four of them met, Weir was undoubtedly among them. He never married, but lived in a private house with his spinster sister, Griselle, or Jessie. Many visited him at his house to join him and hear him pray, but he could not officiate without his black staff in his hand. However, not was all as it seemed, for there were rumours about crimes he had committed that were of the most revolting nature. It was said the Major had made a pact with the devil, who of course outwitted his victim. This was down to Weir suffering from mental health issues, and he eventually gave a voluntary confession of all his evil deeds. His story was at first so incredible that the provost, Sir Andrew Ramsay, refused, for quite some time, to take him seriously. Eventually, he, his sister, who was accused to be complicit in one of the crimes, and members of his staff were arrested and charged by the magistrates, as they had found large sums of money wrapped in rags in different parts of the house. One of these pieces of rag was thrown into the fire by a bailey when it flew up the chimney and made an explosion, sounding something like a cannon. While the Major was incarcerated in the old tollbooth, Edinburgh's jail, he confessed his guilt to numerous crimes, but refused to ask forgiveness from God. Instead, he would scream, Torment me no more, I am tormented enough already. Local legend states his staff was used to run errands for the Major while he was imprisoned, going into neighbouring shops and taking whatever he had wanted. 71-year-old Weir and his sister were tried at the Judiciary Court on Saturday 9th April 1670. Both were found guilty. His sentence was that he was to be strangled and burned 
at the Galilee between Edinburgh and Leith. His sister, tried at the same time, was sentenced to be hanged at the grass market. The execution of the Major took place on 14th April. When the rope was round his neck, he was offered the chance to say, Lord, be merciful to me, but answered, Let me alone, I will not. I have lived as a beast, and I must die as a beast. After he dropped lifeless into the flames, his stick was also thrown into the fire, and according to contemporary writers, whatever incantation was in it, it gave rare turnings and was long-burning, as also himself. The place where he died was at Greenside, on the sloping bank, where in 1846 a new church was built. Once, someone had asked him if he'd ever seen the devil, and he replied, the only feeling he ever had of him was in the dark. As for his sister, she confessed to witchcraft. She said that her brother's stick was possessed by no ordinary power. When told of her brother's death, she wouldn't believe that he had been burned until she was told that the stick had been burned as well. Notwithstanding her age, and in an almighty rage, she nimbly fell on her knees, uttering despicable words. She assured the authorities that her mother had been a witch, and that when the mark of a horseshoe, a mark which she herself had, came on the forehead of the old woman, she would tell of events then happening at any distance, her ravings in the toll booth, the most sinister, regarding the West Bow. One story she told was that many years before, a fiery coach had come to her brother's door in broad daylight, and a stranger invited them to enter. They then proceeded to Dalkeith. On the way, another person boarded and whispered in her brother's ear. She claimed it was psychic information about the defeat of the Scottish army at Worcester, which took place that day. She also claimed her mother had been a witch. She said that once a mark appeared on her mother's brow, she could tell what was happening far away. This mark would also appear on her own forehead when she pleased. At the request of the authorities, she pulled back her headdress, and when she frowned, there was the horseshoe shape, exactly like her mother's. On the day of her execution at the grass market, she was agitated and angry, and it was with some degree of difficulty that she was prevented from stripping off her clothes to die, as she put it, with all the shame she could. The executioner was told to hurry proceedings along. The case of Major Weir and his sister gave rise to many stories. A few nights before the Major made his astonishing confession, the wife of a neighbour was coming down from Castle Hill towards the Bowhead, 
and she saw three women in different windows, shouting, laughing and clapping. She walked, and her friend walked on. But at Major Weir's door, she saw a woman, twice the height of a normal woman, rise from the street. Filled with fear, she asked her maid, who held the lantern, to hurry on. But the tall spectre kept ahead of them, laughing loudly, until they came to a narrow alley called Stinking Close, which the spectre turned into. The alley was full of lit torches, as if a lot of people were there, all laughing merrily. A century after Major Weir's death, his presence continued to haunt the bow, and his house remained empty. His ghost was frequently seen at night on the street. His house, known to be empty, was sometimes seen at midnight fully lit, and strange sounds were heard, such as dancing, howling, and even spinning, something Griselle had been exceptional at. Some even claimed to have seen the Major mounted on a black horse, headless, as he galloped off in a whirlwind of flame. Occasionally, the inhabitants of the bow would be woken early in the morning by the sound of a coach and six horses rattling up the lawn market and then thundering down the bow, stopping at the head of the close for a few minutes, then rattling and rumbling away again. This was allegedly Satan come to take the Major and his sister after they spent the night at their old home. At last an attempt was made to sell the house so someone could live in it. This was to be William Patullo, a soldier and traveller who didn't really believe in superstition and was happy to live in the house with its low rent. This caused some curiosity with the neighbours. On the very first night that Patullo and his wife had taken up their residence in the house, they lay awake in bed, feeling a little apprehensive. They were right to be. They suddenly saw a form, a bit like a calf, which came forward to the bed and set its feet on the stalk, looking directly at them. When it watched them for a few minutes, it suddenly disappeared. The following morning they left the house, and it was another fifty years before another attempt was made in finding lodgers. However, Edinburgh's Improvement Commission in the spring of 1878 demolished the house, along with other properties, at a cost of £400,000 to make way for improvements. <laughs>